0: What up, y'all? I am your guest, talker Mike Glazer. (laughs) Here with me, head writer of The Nighttime Show, Matt Walker. Our guest tonight, writer of Chronicle, American Ultra, creator of Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, co-creator of Sci-Fi Channel's Channel Zero, and author of critically acclaimed New York Times bestseller, Superman, American Alien. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today, Max Landis. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And your host, Ladies and gentlemen, Steven Kramer Glickman bring the
1: sex
2: Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I've known I've known you sort of peripherally for years.
1: Yeah, and like we're you know we see each other. We'll we'll have an awkward hug at Comic Con on a on a weird dance floor.
2: Things happen. Oh (laughs) my god! Things happen. I always say whenever people meet me, uh, I always say if you met me at Comic Con, you didn't meet me at Comic Con. Yeah. I mean, for years I was just pretty much blacked out. The entire it was (laughs) my Mardi Gras. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. And and I I'd be there the full five. Oh yeah, of course. Since like 2001. Since I was like when I was available, at sixteen. I think I haven't missed one since two thousand six.
1: Fuck the best. They're the best. The best. They're so crazy. And like I key I tried to explain it to my girlfriend last, like a couple years ago. I was like. Look, honey, I have to be there for all five days. I have to get a hotel room for all five days, and I just have to part. I'm just going to party for five days straight. I'm going to hang out with Joss Whedon. I'm going <laughs> to hang out with uh, M Night Shyamalan. Weird shit's going to happen. I'm we- going to say I'm going to piss off people.
2: <laughs> yes, make- Comic
1: Con's good for that. Oh man, I, I had a horrible thing happen with uh, the guy from Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. The the chubby guy. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? In this movie. I've been right trying now. to
2: forget Fantastic Beasts ever since I saw <laughs> it. <Shit>. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. You, you say yeah. like hanging with Joss Whedon and stuff. It's, you see them though. They're well, all around. Well, they are for us. I mean, right. there's, there are three comic cons and I've been to all three in order. Mm-hmm. Really? just like the secret cities of London. Just like the, just like the city of Dubai has levels. Just like there are different levels, social strata within high school. There are, Three types of high school parties, and there are three comic cons. I was
3: invited to none of those high school parties. <laughs> Zero levels of high school parties. I was, I was only just... invited <laughs> to them once. I was like twenty. So, I don't know.
2: But uh, but you know, there's the level I started out at, which is I'm going to Comic Con. I'm a huge fan of all this stuff, and you hear from the hotel rooftops and patios <laughs> and the lines outside the clubs. You're like, what is this? Oh my God, was that Aaron Eckhart? You know, you like, right. was was that Manasavari? What is going on? There are famous people here? Wait, Grant Morrison is going to the same party as Nicolas Cage? I don't understand what's happening. Right. And and you're just partying in hotel rooms and you're with your friends, you're in the gas lamp, and you're having like a sort of American graffiti comic mm-hmm. book fan experience. Yeah. Then the second level of Comic-Con is the rooftop parties, is all of the promotional events, the open bars. The dancing, the drinking, the Mm -hmm. stuff you get invited to if you've been on one TV show once. Or or your dumb guy wrote Chronicle or whatever. Like, all that shit. All the actors, all the red carpets. And then the third level of Comic-Con, which you may have done, and I only did this year, is the nightmare level. Is there, being there to promote something, where you are shuttled from place to place by publicists, being yelled at and hurried along by (laughs) guards with all your actors from your show or whatever Mm -hmm. you're promoting being rushed from panel to panel and just beaten down. So it stops being fun. It stops being fun. And it's incredible because I, I, I used to look forward to comic con every year. This year I'm like aware we'll be promoting second season of dark. Now it's work. Yeah. And it's going to be quite a ride. That's
1: really interesting. I haven't, uh, really done that. Like I've gone there to do panels and I've gotten to party and gotten to have some really, really good times with some really oh, fun, people. unforgettable times. Oh, like, yeah, crazy stuff. But, uh, but I haven't been there to promote anything. It never, do it. It, yeah. never do it. Yeah. Never
2: do it. Interesting. Cause that's you, you've yeah. done like promotional things where you're just repeating the same soundbite again yeah. and again yeah. and again. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, always, yeah. imagine that, but you wake up at 6am okay. and then you're, I was at the entertainment weekly party this year with, uh, You know, Sam from the show and Jade from the show and um, my little buddy, Hannah Marks, and we're waiting for this red carpet and we're exhausted and it's 9 p.m. and we do the red carpet, we get one drink and we're like, okay, wrapped and like that Saturday oh, night at Comic Con, that I used to be up till nine a.m. Yeah, you know, like trying to get the Molly shakes off as I'm like just oh <laughs> trying to get Joss Whedon's sweat out of my hair. I yeah. like you know, and uh, th- this year was just a different world. It was crazy.
1: Oh, that's fucking bizarre. I was that's in, so weird. I
2: was in bed alone mm-hmm. at ten p.m. at Comic Con. Oh my god. Yeah, my my. My Nightmare's Dream coming true. They ruined Comic-Con for you. They ruined, oh, no. they ruined you. Being, okay. being good at Comic-Con, ruined comic yeah.
3: Now, that, that was promoting uh, Dirk Gently? Dirk Gently and Which, also my comic book Green Valley. Now, Dirk Gently, I've read uh, two of the books. There are only like, two. Okay, then I've read both books. I, I remember I read two of them. I didn't know if there were more than that. But how did you wind up getting tapped to convert uh, a great series from Douglas Adams, who's sort of a legendary writer in the sci-fi world? Uh, like, How did that come to you?
2: Well, it's interesting. I'd I'd had a meeting years before with a guy named Arvind David, who's Mm -hmm. obsessed with Dirk Mm Gently and was friends with Douglas Adams. Yeah. And he and I are not similar guys, but we have a similar vibe. We appreciate things in the same way. And me and Arvind in that room years ago, Mm -hmm. pre-Chronicle, was like, I've read some of your writing samples. Would you ever be interested in doing Dirk Gently for TV? And I was like... Yeah, of course, duh. Because I, I mean, like I people don't know this, but my gateway into Douglas Adams was mm-hmm.
3: Dirk Gently. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I was usually... at,
2: I was at a summer camp.
3: That's like backwards from the yeah. way most people do yeah. it.
2: Yeah, I was at a summer camp, and the summer camp had a library of books you were allowed to read, and I didn't have any friends, and I later got kicked out of this summer camp for being an annoying nightmare as I was <laughs> where, when where I was a was child. It? Where was it? Uh, it was in Maine. Okay. Oh. Uh, it was like a sleepaway camp uh, where,
0: where they said things like, "Hey." Don't do that. And you did nine more of that.
2: No, I was. They were like, Hey, don't do that. And then I'd do something. They'd be like, We hadn't even thought it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> I, had a tant- I had a tantrum because there was a dinner I didn't like and went down and wrecked a canoe and like wrecked it into the lake. <laughs> Holy uh, shit. Don't get me started. Yeah. I, had a, I had a lot of behavioral problems when I was younger. I'm <laughs> pretty, pretty
0: strong though, too.
2: Uh, no, I just, if you can push something. When you're like 12. Anyway, so, but prior to all that, prior to me being Nightmare Child, Mm -hmm. which I feel like I talk about in public too much, as is, uh, I was, uh, I I got this book called um, The Long Dark Tea Time of the Mm -hmm. Soul. Yeah. And I stole it from the camp when Mm -hmm. I left, because I was midway through it, and I was loving it so much. And then I finished it, and I told my parents, you know, I was a big reader, even though I was kind of a crazy kid. I was a huge reader, Heinlein. Uh, Mm Asimov, like very, very dedicated science fiction reader because one of my mentors, Forrey Ackerman, would give me books because he knew I like to try to write stories. So I was like, this guy, Douglas Adams, what else has he written? And so they took me to a Borders, and my dad was like, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, he's a very well-respected author. And I was yeah. like, whatever, is there more Dirk Gently books? So <laughs> I, wow. it turned out there was one, and okay. it turned out I'd read the sequel to that
3: one. Yeah, because Tea Time is the second one. Yeah,
2: it? and also, you know, the creator of Dirk Gently will say this publicly, Tea Time's a better one by a lot. Yes, it is I, a better book. Yes, it's more fun, it's more engaging. So I read the first one, and I was like, Okay, that was pretty good. I loved the couch and the horse and Cronatus, but like it felt more stiff and British. And I was like, "Well, what is this guy? Else has this guy written?" And I actually remember we were in a Barnes and Noble when I asked. Mm-hmm. In we were at the Barnes and Noble in Santa Monica on the Santa Monica Third Street Promenade, sure. Mm-hmm. And I was like fourteen or thirteen or thirteen at the time, and I was like, "Do you have any Douglas Adams books?" And the guy who uh, who I asked, his face just like lit up. <laughs> yeah, and he was like. I have four. I can give you right now, mm-hmm. and I was like four, and he was like, "It's called Hitchhiker's Guide to the trust Galaxy." Me, just buy them, <laughs> and I read them in you know <laughs> two yeah, and a half like a week. Just yeah.
3: to it, like him,
2: yeah. I, I just ate them up, and wow. and I was I just adored it, and I adore how different each one is. Yeah, because he's learning. You can mm-hmm. feel Douglas Adams learning to be a better writer. And it's interesting
3: yeah, too. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy who wrote not just books, but I mean, he was a Doctor Who writer back in the seventies. Uh, that's where
2: Dirk started. Yeah. Dirk started as a re- as not rejected, but a sort of neglected
3: Doctor Who storyline, really? Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, yeah, that's why oh, it's wow. That's why it's ironic that, you know, BBC America is like the Doctor Who Network. They have Doctor
3: yeah. Who. Uh, They've got this, the cartoon they're showing now the
2: cartoon, this new show coming soon, class. and uh, and uh, finally, Dirk, which mm-hmm. is sort of a child of Doctor Who in its own right.
1: Oh man, this is you know this is really incredible. This is the reason why we do the nighttime show podcast to have conversations like this. Yeah, you know, isn't this amazing, Matt? Aren't you having the best time?
3: The best time ever. You know what? You would make it a better time. Um, I don't know what would make it a better time. Fireball whiskey. That is that would make a better time. Guess what?
1: Guess what, folks! I have brought fireball. I brought a with me let's have some You know i don't know if you know this matt but this is a true fact about fireball whiskey Mm -hmm. it uh, you can actually you can hear the fireball whiskey if you listen closely to the bottle i'll put it up to the the like a shell at the beach yeah it's like a shell at the beach here but it can talk to you hang on i'll put it up to the microphone oh man this has been a really great podcast (laughs) y'all that's 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 the fireball that's the bottle of fireball so i'm gonna hang it i'm gonna put it again up to the
0: microphone I, I actually dated a shell once. Uh, it didn't work out, but yeah, it was a really good well, like, you comparison. You dated a shell? Yeah, yeah, a, shell, shell, a shell. shell. Oh, a shell. It oh, wow. was a good comparison. Yeah, uh, they, good pull, they, Matt.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he, he would uh, fireball would actually go down to the beach mm-hmm. and uh, people you know have these bonfires. Oh, such yeah. good time! They left a, they left the bottle right by a mm-hmm. couple shells yep. and they started hooking up and they I had made, a threesome. Yeah! Wow! Yeah, you awesome. and a shell and a oyster. Yeah, right? something like that. Yeah, that's amazing.
3: Yeah, yeah. So fireball is having a better time than I am. You yeah. well, <laughs> well well if you, me it. Yeah, stuff, you I I if you drank some of this stuff I
1: would if you drink some of this you'd have a better time I'm gonna drink some right now all right okay. here we go pass it off here we go all right it's not gonna hurt. Whoa. 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 Oh. <laughs> whoa that was some great fireball now it's in my belly oh hey it's dope down here man yeah yeah you got the we got that whole new uh sound system set up what are you listening to down there oh
0: my gosh well right now i'm listening to a little bit of a with uh, the cherry popping and daddies and Ooh. mighty Mighty boss tones whoa. oh wait oh, oh, hold on right. hold on it's a wait, ska party you down have, there yeah
1: there's a little ska part wait you like U two? Of course, of course, I like oh. U two. It's the it's one of the greatest uh, one of the greatest bands of all time. Oh, Matt, are man. you a big U two fan?
3: My least favorite band of all time. Well, maybe you
1: should drink some of me yeah, and change drink, your mind. Some, yeah, <laughs> you get some fireball on your stomach. You know, do me a favor, would you? Just for Matt, kick yeah. you two out of there. Kick right. you two out of my stomach. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna change the CD. With or without you, let's kick them. All right, there we go. All right, now they're out. No. Whoa, Drake. Yeah, now we got some Drake All down right, there. Man, All, now right. We're All right, All right, talking. this so, is good. So, hey, you enjoy being in my stomach. All I'm right. gonna enjoy you being in my stomach. And Matt, let's get some in your stomach. You Pass know the what? Fireball, fireball whiskey. It's the best, especially when it's inside of you. That's the only way. Alright, let's uh skip back to the show. Now, as a you're a creator on the show, as well I am as the, head, you're I'm, the creator. And the head writer the show, and the co and show writer. Writer. Okay, so you get to spend a lot of time with this cast, right? Yes, oh yes. Okay, so you you get to work with my next door neighbor, Neil Brown Jr. Oh my god. Who literally is my next door neighbor. We <laughs> live within a wall of each other.
2: I adore him. He's he is the sweetest artist working when will, guy. When will this Episode of your podcast come out.
1: Um, this will air within the next week, within the next week or two, in the next two weeks. Yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, well, then I should say I'm so sad that I kill him in the finale. <laughs> I we loved working with <laughs> him so much that he he gets a real fuck you death in nice. the, really, <laughs> it, terrific. It, it, it's wow. very unfair. Uh, <laughs> wow. I, I don't know if you're watching the show, but it's 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 a it's he's a character who. You kind of are led to believe has become one of the leads. Yeah, and we kill him in the last minute and a half.
3: Oh, whoa, and you bastard! Well, the last minute <laughs>
2: and a half of the final season of my goofy show yeah. is the darkest season finale I have ever seen or heard of. Whoa, wow, yeah, it's it's horrible. It's <laughs> like if you. If oh the, will
3: the internet be outraged? Is Reddit going to be Ideally, like up in arms?
2: I hope they'll be like, "Fuck yeah!" Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I hope they'll be like. I'm so happy they got me mm-hmm. but you know it the question is you know I, I, I it was how it ended from the f- end of the pilot. I was like this is how the this first season ends mm-hmm. and every time I would tell one of the other writers you know who worked with us in the writers room, there were three of them uh, they would go what? <laughs> oh my god and I was like, yeah, this is the plan this has been the plan you know it's it, it was always it's so if you've seen the finale, God, I hope I didn't just spoil it for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> <No, no, no. laughs> okay. yeah, Spoiler like alert! Pulls yeah. over,
0: pulls out their phone, and starts writing yeah. at you. Are
1: you yeah. going back to shoot more of that show, or what's happening? I am. Yeah.
2: I, I, in about forty-five days, mm-hmm. uh, we reopen the writers' room. We're meeting with uh, new writers now. We're having, we're adding writers because we need them. Because we have they the show. The ratings were- un- They did very well, right? Yeah, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Our, our seventh episode just aired, and it's our highest viewed episode other than the pilot. That's great. Wow. Elijah wrote so it damn builds good. builds like that, that's awesome. He's so good on it, it too. It, thank you. Uh, I don't know why I'm thanking you, but <laughs> I, I'm tremendously proud of the show. Of the things I've made, it and Chronicle mm-hmm. are just- It's exactly how I wrote it. Yeah, and, that's awesome. And, and, you know, Dirk's very weird and not for everybody, yeah. but at the same time, it's like- it was it was so nice, you know. I'm a I'm a writer whose stuff, uh, you know, Mr. Wright and especially American Ultra, and even my movie I directed, Me him her. I always felt they were sort of unfairly critically torn apart. Um, and I don't I don't read reviews, but it I never realized that I felt that way, mm-hmm. and sort of was always like I don't care about reviews until all the good reviews came in for my last three things. <laughs> my wow. last four things. When Channel Zero got good reviews, which is more Nick and Tosca than me mm-hmm. by a lot. Sure, uh, sure. But when that got good reviews, I was like, I made that happen. When Dirk got good reviews, I was like, thank Christ. Mm-hmm. When, and then American <laughs> Alien being received the way it was, I would cry. I would like oh. look through the reviews and cry, which, by the way, you can't do. <laughs> because <laughs> you can never do that. Yeah. Because then when the bad reviews you come out... You get too out, attached. When oh, yeah. the bad reviews run out you'll cry then yeah. too but oh, it won't yeah. be fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, you you uh are so vocal online about the way that you feel about things. <laughs> it is it is really uh, fucking uh, refreshing and really interesting, and it, and it yeah, I, I fucking love it, dude. I, I love it. I, I feel like it's a problem. <laughs> I feel like it's it, becoming. You get a, do a you problem. get in trouble for? Because I just got in trouble uh, for. Uh, I'm. I made a, a, a short film with uh, with Loot Crate, the oh. toy company, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then I put out. They put out the video, and it got. Like 140,000 views on Facebook and I started looking at the comments and pe- some guy wrote something like uh, this is a bunch of garbage or something like this and I, I commented uh, 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 your mom's, uh, mom's pussy is garbage no, or something like that. I said something like you really can't be, fucking... You know, I, went, <laughs> I went after a bunch of people and I got in trouble for it. I was like, son of a bitch I'm not doing this right. Well, so
2: How do you do it? How do you do it correctly? Firstly, I never go after people. I almost never insult people even when I talk about movies I hate, I don't insult the creators behind mm-hmm. them. I don't insult the writers or the directors generally, uh, almost never. Sure, sure. Uh, I don't insult other people online. Right. I'm not mean to people who insult me on Reddit. I do my best to. Sometimes I'm a, I'm a little bitchy, but within the last two years, I've really tried to just cut that out of my personality. I'm not here to start a fight. And If you don't like something that I've created, okay. But you have to understand... I, you know, I'm very vocal with my opinions on movies, but I never attack underdogs. Sure. If sure. I have a problem with Star Wars, it's not like Star Wars gives a shit about me. Right. Yeah, if of I have course. a problem with Harry Potter, it's not like Harry Potter is going to be mad because I tweeted. But people identify this shit so personally to them that they take it as an attack. Yeah. yeah and yeah. and it's not an attack. And it's funny because I just love talking. I'm. Yeah. I just love talking about this shit. Yeah. And what's funny and what drives me crazy. Yeah. Is you, Stephen. You have no conception of the level of hatred I receive. Oh. <laughs> its I'm not a famous person functionally. I come home to death threats. Oh, people! Pe- oh, I've seen the things that people write about you. People it, make jokes about drives- the Twilight Zone accident in which my father was, yeah. was you know, in which yeah. two children died and Vic Morrow died. People make jokes about it casually. It's like, yeah, that's not a small thing in my life. Wow. Feel free to send me a tweet yeah. about that because you didn't like a fucking movie yeah it's like oh
1: wow and
2: it's always hard because it's there is that urge to say your mother's pussy yeah you know? no yeah.
1: I, well again yeah, you know sometimes but, some it, you know but, matt gives me shit for it when i do it to, when i do it the
3: wrong
2: way
1: and i'm
3: i'm a horrible I know, person he's a, bad, <laughs> per- he's
1: a bad person that's why you know well, so. well i
3: mean look i have i have a website dedicated just to my hate mail because i get it's the true. same kind of thing where i've i've received you know Dozens and dozens of death threats Matt on Twitter Walker for, for, for nothing. Com. It's people because I say that like, yeah. oh, Justin Bieber sucks, and then like teenage girls are like, I'm going to find you and stab you with a knife in the eyeball. I'm like, okay, well, and you just take their 14. Things, calm down. and put it in the. That's horrifying. Yeah, yeah. but teenagers are the worst. Well, They're no, the worst. I deal with a
2: different. <laughs> I deal with sort of two brands yeah. of, mm-hmm. ha- of haters, um, and I've I've classified them, and I don't dislike either of them. Mm-hmm. They make me feel sad sometimes, but I understand them. One of them is people who disagree with me Mm -hmm. and find me annoying because I'm very loud. I'm very intense. I state my opinions as fact. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I talk a lot. And if you're a little bit insecure with yourself or a little bit insecure about your opinions or or you just don't like the sound of my voice, that guy – you're very like man. Someone shut that guy up. And I've dealt with that in real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But those people can't. They can never parse how they feel. So instead, they say stuff like, you know, this guy thinks he's a genius, or he's, you know, he, because I'm right. saying that. So they attack me as a human mm-hmm. right. instead of just being more.
3: Instead of saying they disagree with you, they they're dis- saying fuck this guy yeah, instead right. of this guy's yeah. wrong. I hate sure. this yeah. guy.
2: And you know, there's there's sort of this. I'm kind of, you know, I can get obnoxious. I'm loud yeah. and I'm intense. I'm like yeah. my dad. But,
0: but you can back up your side also.
2: Oh, yeah. And I also, so. I'm never, I try to never be mean to people. Well, that, that's
1: mm-hmm. the, the, the the real thing, though, is if you go after, like, like Westworld, like the finale of Westworld, <laughs> oh. that, oh. like, I immediately, after watching the finale, I I sat there and I was like... Oh God, what did Max Landis say about this? Because this made me want to fucking punch myself in the face. Like I loved Westworld and watched it slowly kind
3: of get weird. It went from being interesting to, then... to being the most ridiculous show on television in the span of four episodes. Well then, and I, I, I'm, I'm telling I, excuse you now...
2: me, my show is the most ridiculous <laughs> show on television. Thank you very but much. No, much. Love, let me tell you this. I love
1: seeing I love seeing the way that you kind of put it, which was like it's it's a gorgeous looking show. Yes, very well made. I'm
2: yeah. a fan of Westworld. Yeah, but, but you didn't
3: attack You didn't
1: attack J.J. Abrams. You didn't attack people. I'm
3: done. By the way, I'm done. Never again. Matt does. I'm never going to watch anything else J.J. Abrams says his name on ever again because every single time I get pissed off and I'm done. I'm done. I'm out. There's a style. What happens with Matt? I can't take it anymore. I'm out. Okay, so- he blew up Vulcan. That's too much for with me. That, I can't. Yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> you don't blow up Vulcan. You're what the, the fuck's you, wrong with you? You can't that blow up guy. Vulcan. I've I'm on podcast with that guy. I'm that guy. You can't <laughs> blow up Vulcan. You can't do it.
1: All right, Matt.
2: Drink your
3: soda. Right. Relax
2: for a second. Well, it's funny. It's funny because there's There's two things, you know. They're both, I believe J.J. Abrams and Chris Nolan are among the biggest geniuses of this generation. Um Our generation lacks a James Cameron, which has been frustrating because Mm -hmm. James Cameron has been busy. Yeah. But the interesting thing about Westworld is that the good things about it are the perfect intersection of projects they've been associated with. Mm -hmm. And the things that are problematic about it, incidentally, are also those things. Westworld refuses to acknowledge the questions it asks, instead guiding you towards questions, the answers to which are made less important by the questions you're asking by yourself. Okay, so like, the maze. What is mm-hmm. what is the maze? Is Dolores becoming sentient? Yeah. What is the connection between what's going on with William and Dolores and the man in black? What is going on with Bernard? What is Ford's new narrative? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is going to happen with Maeve? Um, these are all questions the show wants you to be asking and wants you to be theorizing about. However, you are substantially, or at least I am, and many I know many other people are too, mm-hmm. substantially distracted from these questions by questions the show asks you not to ask. Uh, how do the bullets work? Yeah, how right. does surveillance
3: in the park work? And yep. for that matter, how does surveillance behind the scene work? Why do they need to call in an explosion t- like, to have it authorized at one point. I'm like...
2: No, no, no. Rules are stuff. repeatedly introduced yeah. and then thrown away. Yeah. Right. What are the rules of, of interacting with other guests? Mm-hmm, As sure. shown in the finale, yeah. you are allowed to violently beat and yeah. sexually assault other guests, he strips his brother-in-law naked because he's too into a LARPing video game. Yeah. <laughs> and I understand that the story yeah. that the story needs you to do that, mm-hmm. but as established in the first two episodes, that's not something that can happen. By the way, slow down. Like, I can talk and talk on Westworld because yeah. right, of course. Yeah. there simply are gaps.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Distracting gaps. Yeah. The fact that the park's surveillance is that bad. Yeah is
3: shocking. It's better at Disneyland.
2: No, no, no. It's better in a mall. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's it's
2: better at a public school. Yeah. And, then, and and by the way, I mean, like, then you get into stuff, you, you those questions are one thing, like the guns. Oh, I can believe it's some sort of RMF thing, but how come the bullets can go through an armored train but not a person? Yeah. And then in the finale, if you get shot with too many of the bullets, you, like, fall asleep? Yeah. It's... Uh, it's It's yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. And then the fact, the shocking thing is they keep having opportunities to hand wave these things. Mm -hmm. To say, like, well, Ford was manipulating it the whole time. So that's why none of it was caught on surveillance. Yeah, right. Except then they show the people in the security room go, hey, is anything weird going on? Oh, yeah, the robots are murdering everyone. Right. Lockdown, lockdown. But then it's like, okay, so if you guys could see that, how come you can't see... The thing that the robot is using to blackmail these
3: people—that
2: yeah. you could also see. And by the way, and it just spreads. By the way, the problem spreads. What, spread and spread. what yeah, possible pro-
3: thing yeah. can the robot have to blackmail these human beings where they can't just be like, "Well, I'm just going to reset you, and then we're done." Yeah, that, it's like, yeah, and they don't. By the, the way, the robots do things that yeah. make sense to me in that show. The humans do things that make no sense whatsoever. Like the robots, at least act in the way that I expect the robots to act based on what they've told me about them. But then the people do things, and you're like. Wait, why the fuck would they do that? It makes no sense. Well, there's, I mean, then there's
2: Then there's shit that's like, what the fuck is this? Like, like that just that you probably didn't even think to ask, but the sort of questions that go to my brain right away. Right. All those naked hosts, they arrive at the big thing to put on, to to kill everyone at the end. Remember? Yeah. Yeah, With all the weapons. They're all wearing clothes.
3: Yeah. Where they get clothes. When do they put on clothes?
2: Yeah,
1: who put clothes on them? Who
3: put the clothes on yeah, cause, them? Yeah, because they don't put their own clothes on. They show them always being dressed by human beings. Hey, right. hey, here's here's another one.
2: Remember how they were all in that big room? The only way in and out of that area that we've been shown is an elevator that fits about six people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so the yeah.
2: hosts all go into the elevator group by group, <laughs> yeah, one, go up to the park, go through all the security things. Yeah. I understand that you Ford know, enabled it, but it's too many –
1: Let me tell you something. One, there's an, old, there's an old thing that always caught me off guard. In the movie – and I know I brought it up earlier, but in the movie Independence Day – At the at there's a scene in the movie where the president is uh, is he goes how did I not know about this when he sees the aliens right the vice president goes you you weren't cleared for that type of knowledge (laughs) and he goes he goes well guess what now you're fired and the vice president's like what you can't do that and then this black lady turns and goes he just did and they that happens in the movie (laughs) and then the vice president he has to like go home. Because he's lost his job during independence, during the apocalypse, he has to like go home to his wife and he has to ride the elevator back up to the surface. And it's just so like it never gets handled. And it always bothered me that we see him later. And you're like, The truth is, is that
2: things like that shouldn't be bothering you. All shows have things like this, sure. Everything has questions that are unanswerable and oversights. I'm sure all of my work. Definitely does. Well, but ideally, well, well, because I'm not going to say no. I'm not going (laughs) to say no. I'm just
1: saying, in general, everybody has. Yeah, every movie has
2: stuff like that. That if you look at it too hard, you start to see the cracks. The thing with certain shows that center around mysteries is that they're so busy talking about the mystery, they forget to distract you from your questions. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, there wasn't anything to distract us. From these questions, yeah, no. but except other questions. Okay, now yeah. I gotta I like gotta, be a
3: magician. Give me some patter while you do your sleight of hand exactly. over here. Well, by and yeah. not doing it.
2: How about just how about just a human character who we really care about? Yeah,
3: one human being who who's like a good person.
2: Yeah, or or an interesting person. Yeah, William, you know, is brilliantly acted. By the way, I like Westworld. I would never tell him yeah. like Westworld's a piece of shit. I like it's Westworld very well I'm. made. It's it's not very. But well I'm out. Made. It's the best. It's, I, as someone it's who just show ran a television show, it's the best made show on television. The fact that they are able to execute it at that level yeah. with that production design, granted, they got a lot of money. Yeah. But I mean, that's a testament to the. A lot of
3: the what they did with the music it. is cool in there, too, because they did a lot of like orchestral versions of rock songs. Oh, I loved that. Which yeah, was, was kind of cool. I think like, you hear them and you're like, you're like, that sounds familiar. And you're like, oh, wait, that's well, a Nine Inch Nails let's song. let not
2: – I don't want to crap on anyone else's stuff in this podcast anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I got, we got to
1: talk about something that's I feel like yeah, critics very... resent me because I do a lot of critique. No, I think yeah. – look, we all talk <laughs> – Maybe well,
2: the joke is, of course, oh, is that why critics resent
1: me? <laughs> no, no. no. We, me and Matt actually went and saw Chronicle together but in the in theater. Saw it in the theater. In the theater
3: together. Uh, We've been a lot, friends. A lot of people did. Yeah. I'm so okay. happy you – thank I, I fucking, don't – like it. superhero movies, because I don't care about superheroes, but I loved Chronicle, Chron- loved that movie. Chronicle is not a superhero movie. It it has more in common with Carrie than it does with. Spider-Man. Yeah, it's because the movie yeah. I go and watch it, and I'm like, okay, there's gonna be like teenage superheroes or something. Like that's what I thought about it because I didn't know anything about it. I go and I watch, and I'm like, this movie was fucking great, <laughs> it's like a fucking it, great movie. Because like it starts off and it's sort of like sci fi. Wait, and are, are you
2: watching Dirk right now?
3: I've seen a couple episodes. You motherfucker. I haven't seen the rest of it. We're going to talk about a movie
2: from five years ago. I'm (laughs) kidding. Thank you.
3: (laughs) It just, it's, I have a DVR from BBC America but I've been fucking busy That's so I haven't okay, seen more than I two episodes but I, I will watch it because I love the it's books it's okay enough people are watching and I'm, I'm like happy. No, 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 well, it's a great because also show. I like to binge things so like I'm oh, waiting yeah. to build it up and then I can watch it out in a weekend because like oh, Westworld yeah. I watched in two weekends I'm like I banged it out and then I'm like alright
1: you <laughs> also watched every episode of every
3: version of every Star Trek show yes
1: in how long did it take you to watch
3: oh, that took a good nine months to get through all of them yeah but that
2: sounds punishing was... but I'm a
3: big trekker so it's and then I still watch every fucking night I watched like three hours to start. I watch, uh, I watch Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise if I'm home because so it's on. So
2: you just you hanging out, with the, you hanging out with the Kazons for two seasons. <laughs> the fucking Kazons, <laughs> they were just a
3: haircut. Yeah, I mean the Zindi were kind of annoying, but you know it's this oh, lord. Yeah, I mean it's I've seen I've seen all of it. But, but I'm a big Star Trek. But the no, Chronicle. I loved it, man. I like when we when I we used saw that movie. Sing, I used to sing to
2: myself on my bike ride to college every day. I would sing The Voyager theme is the best theme. We had Brandon Braga. Yeah, we had Brandon Braga in here. The best the best one is it goes bum 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 bum. Bah, bah. And it's like it's just goes.
3: Yeah, builds back up.
2: It's so I weird. through the, the,
3: the ring of the. Plan. Yeah, because Brandon Braga's two shows that he's like the the hardcore creator of is Voyager, yeah. and then Enterprise. So he's the guy who brought us the best music and the worst music in that <laughs> franchise. That's totally he's true. He's also the guy who brought us sexy Star
2: Trek. Oh, there is no hotter episode of Star Trek than Tom Paris and B'lana Torres in that cave.
3: That's pretty hot, although I'll tell you the hotter thing Enterprise, Mirror episode, Mirror Hoshi knife fighting with Mirror to Paul while they're both wearing like crop tops and they got their shirts tied off was the hottest <laughs> yeah, thing yeah, I've but ever that's seen in Star like, Trek. To
2: me, that's like such a
3: let's have a sexy scene. It was, and I-, I thank him for it. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> for me, the belonging. Because to Paul's my favorite, like, she's the hottest in all shoot. the history of Star Trek. There's that's- nobody hotter than to Paul. She-
2: what did that happen to that actress?
3: Jolene Blaylock, yeah. I follow her on Twitter. I don't think she does much.
2: She's behind that couch. <laughs> oh, hey, what, hey <laughs> For me, what I loved about the Tom Paris Blonatora's episode yeah. at, that I that I adored was his respect and refusal to hook up with her, and and then at the end when they're in the turbo lift together and it's so awkward. Yeah, and then episodes pass. And now there's like a thing, now there's a thing yeah. that kind of between them, and it builds and builds and builds until they finally actually get together. But I thought, like, what great television writing in hindsight. Well,
1: no, I, oh, I got yeah. to jump off Star Trek okay. for a second because we only have – Yeah, we got to get back to uh, excited <laughs> stuff. Uh, I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, I saw, I also saw American Ultra in the theater. Um, I, what was it like to be in there alone? <laughs> oh, oh, come on. I, mean, I love you know what I love that movie. It's a fucking cool movie, man. I actually wrote about it like online right after I saw it, and I was just like, yeah, this is such a fucking cool so movie. So did Stephen
2: King. Did he really? What? Yeah, he said wow. American Ultra's he tweeted American Ultra's great. I don't understand why it's not a hit. And it was like Whoa. it was like the most it I saw it and I was like, thank you. Wow. Holy crap. That's amazing. I read on airplanes like Noah Holly. Is, um, that, is that how you write most of your stuff? Or how do you? That when I write something super fast, like when I wrote deeper in two days? Yeah, like
3: I read about that deeper. Yeah, uh, you're no, making totally Dirk. Missed. I just read about this in the New York Times. I looked you up. That was, that was higher. Deeper, I wrote. Oh, a different one. They, no, they said like you, no. you're doing Dirk, and you took seven hours, wrote a script, yeah, and then sold deeper. it for $2 million. Yeah. That's the uh. best seven hours anybody's ever spent, by the way. Stop. <laughs>
1: there we go.
2: I, I, I got – That's the coolest <laughs> thing i ever heard I in my was life. doing Dirk, and it was stressing me out every day. And I had this idea for a trilogy of scripts called The Measures. Mm-hmm. And the measures, my idea was to get really interesting directors who I sunk up with creatively and sell them independently, which I failed to do because we got too much too big of bids, so I sort mm-hmm. of sold out, although we'll probably sell higher in a more independent way um and now deeper you know productions more a year away because we have to wait for Bradley Cooper, which is frustrating, but it's Sh- the nature of the business wouts. and i'm dude, I'm not complaining, yeah, I'm so lucky, but deeper was funny because I got this idea for the measures of. Three scripts that all take place in one location until they don't. That uh, One of them features one person on screen until it doesn't. One of them features two people on screen until there's more. And one of them features three people on screen. And they uh, each of them repre- represents a different element. Uh, air, uh, water, and earth. A uh, different element of the planet, not fire, because mm-hmm. it's a temporary element, and I wanted them to be uh, lasting things. And each of them... Takes place in real time. And the thing, and so I was like, that sounds cool. And oh, each of them deals with an emotional issue. Deeper's is depression and loss. Uh, Higher's is love and commitment. And furthers is uh, family and uh, ambition, the connection, the things we get from our parents and the things we give to them. And so I was like, oh, I should write those when I'm done with Dirk. Well, deeper starts, deeper is this. I had the idea for the beginning of Deeper, and I was like, "Yeah, I should just write that one scene." And so I started to write it on an airplane. Except for the thing I forgot is it's real time; it's yes. all one scene. <laughs> so I got into seventy pages in like two and a half hours, mm-hmm. and I was like, "I was writing it," and my girlfriend at the time was like, "What are you? What are you? What are you writing?" And I was like, "Deeper," and she was like, "The one you told me about with the guy in the pod." And I was like, yeah. And she was like, shouldn't you be working on Dirk? And I said, I think I'm going to finish this in the next hour. And she's like,
3: don't you have a job to work? She, well, she, she was a writer, too. So her
2: reaction was more, well, yeah. fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and, and, and I finished it. When I finished it, I looked at it, and I was like, well, that's the best thing I've ever written. And I'm very proud of Deeper and Higher. And I guess we'll see if they make uh, good movies. But wow. great. Oh, I, I, I wrote God. higher. I wrote higher in two days. Because what about
1: American Ultra? How did, Where did you write that?
2: Oh, American Ultra, I wrote on my couch uh, o- over the course of uh, over the course of a month. Yeah, uh, yeah, because it- I wanted. But American Ultra, the script uh, is very similar to the movie. But the movie, a lot of the more relationshipy, emotional stuff, sort of the tone of American Ultra kind of got changed a little bit. If you read the script, it's much more of sort of a very sweet... There are moments of it that shine through in the movie, and I like the movie, but more of a sweet indie comedy that then slowly is invaded by a Bourne movie. Wow. And, and that was sort of what got those actors and like was was the relationship at the center of the movie. They're great together, uh, too. I wish there's a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor of them from the first half. Really? Yeah, because I wanted to show... I wanted to show why such an obvious, beautiful winner would be with such an obvious loser. Because we all know that couple where the, yeah. gr- the girl is – you're like, why are you with that guy? Yeah. And you, or, and you also yes, – Don't Steven. look at me like that, you <laughs> son of a bitch. And, 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 such a y- <laughs> But you also occasionally know that couple where it's like, why is he with that girl? But that's harder to dramatize yeah. in a way that won't feel sexist. And so I was like, I want to do a movie about that couple and really show the little moments that, that make them beautiful and then challenge that with, but none of it's real. You know, and Shit. and I, the script for American Ultra is like, I'm very proud of it. And I, I'm very proud of that film, too. Yeah, Kristen's fucking amazing. Isn't she great? She's so great. Isn't she fucking great? great. She's so fun. And you when know. when the, you know, I don't want to ruin American Ultra for people who haven't
3: seen it, which is most of you, but.
2: Go see it, you <laughs> fucking idiots. <laughs> What's the matter with you?
3: Now, uh, early in your career, one of your, I think your first IMDb credit. Is that you were in the movie, which I've seen more times than I'd care to admit, The Stupids with yes, Tom I am. Arnold?
2: Some people can be throwing
3: <laughs> <laughs> No. Oh. Did that come together? Just, I mean, how old were you at the time? It was... My
2: dad directed that okay. movie. Holy and, shit. And, and, yeah, I didn't know that's... your dad directed
3: that one. Okay. I didn't
2: know that. So that's why that. People don't know a lot of my dad's later credits. And you know this, you're behind the scenes. Yeah. People have a totally fallacious view of the way the power structure works around here mm-hmm. because nepotism only works if you're on top of the world. Yeah. And you're rolling. Yeah. And it, other than that, it's all relationships and momentum. It's not even talent. Talent's part of it. Yeah. yeah. If you're talented enough, you can break through anywhere, but it, the amount of things that are just trusting the right people or not trusting the right people or the amount of game of Thrones, Peter Baelish, that you do in this industry they don't teach you it in film school they 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 can't prepare you for it and so you know it's funny because one of the big criticisms of me is you know uh Fra- Frankenstein was a flop um mm-hmm. and and or pardon me Victor Frankenstein <laughs> the title they gave it uh and uh American Ultra didn't do well um although it's it's come back in some other ways, in ways that are kind of fun. Folk uh, Mr. Wright was a small release with the biggest focus features ever, but it didn't get great reviews. Mm-hmm. And my movie, Me, Him, Her, like, barely came out at all and got, like, okay reviews. So people repeatedly ask, well, how is he still working? And the answer is, the scripts are good. Yeah, That's yeah. my job. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's this thing where they don't understand how divorced a movie is from every level on mm-hmm. its way to becoming a movie, yeah. you know, and, and there's no way to articulate that, but I wish they taught that in school. When you go to LA, because I watch people get fucked over yeah. Yeah. as they discover that and hurt, hurt.
1: Have, have like, I'm, and I'm sure you have been fucked over, you know, uh, horribly. horribly. Is there any, anything, any time that you can tell us about that, that that's happened where you're okay to talk about it?
2: Um, I've been twice on things that I won't say if they got made or not, but I've been cut out of the process to the point where someone's personality, a a person involved in a project's personality. I'll just talk about one that didn't get made. Okay. A person had a very strong personality on the project. Sure. And I have a strong personality, but not generally when I'm in these rooms. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I have a big personality, but I'm not known for like arguing notes a lot. Uh otherwise, I wouldn't work much right. but uh but uh this person had their own they were the engine behind the project, and they had their own thing they wanted to do with my idea, and everyone said, "Don't do this because it's not good and eventually, I blew up and said, "Don't do this, it's not good and they said we no one said that to them, to the person, the most powerful person, right. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, why isn't anyone backing me up? And they're like, well, we don't want him to yell at us and get mad. Oh and I was like, <laughs> okay, but we all are having this secret meeting talking about how off the rails this has gotten. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, but we don't want anyone, you know, we
3: don't want to piss him off.
2: <laughs> it was like.
3: So you put out garbage. just well, no, no, piss no. Off?
2: This is the incredible thing. First of all, it didn't get made. Yeah. Right. Second of all, and this is the incredible thing. No one in that room but me was a writer. So no one in that room had an emotional stake in what was happening.
3: Yeah. Wow. So
2: for them, it was easier not to piss someone off. And these are people who work on good movies. Yeah. Yeah. But in the industry, sometimes there will be a moment where you just don't want to get yelled at. And you're a creative exec or a producer. And you're like... This isn't worth me being yelled at. <laughs> sure, yeah, and, and yeah. so I am put I am put into a position where I'm like, okay, I guess this is happening. And guess what? Couldn't find the money for it. Went away. Yeah, and so right. it was like yeah. it was one of those things where I was like, oh, I remember when I wrote that script and I liked it, and now it's air.
3: Now it's is it poison for you? Like that whole idea? Even is it? In your mind, I've like moved the whole on.
2: Yeah. I'm a yeah. showrunner on mm-hmm. you know I got I got a new comic coming out. I got
3: two
1: movies. Yeah, i got a we got uh, we got to
3: no. talk. We no, got to talk. real about... quick, I got to ask you about. It. Yeah, okay, okay. You directed an Ariana Grande video.
2: Yeah, I did. What? <laughs> yeah, we had we had a day to shoot it, and it was like this very effects heavy thing. I've been friends with Ariana for years. Okay. Um, she's great through Matt Bennett and the Victoria's Kids. You know. Oh, oh yeah. How, how do you know them? Matt Bennett's one of my best friends. He's like my little brother. Uh, so I met him at Cinefamily.
1: So uh, six years now. Victorious was the it followed followed my show. Of course, it's show, in your show, the show of Big Time
2: Rush. Yeah, yeah. No, I know yeah, the yeah, whole. Yeah. That's how oh, I thought I, love, I knew you, bro.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love Bennett, dude. He's terrific, and I love Cinefamily. Those guys are amazing. Yeah. I just pitched them uh, a a thing called a uh, pilot purgatory, where we show <laughs> pilots that never made it to air. Oh, that's You're wonderful. Into like, that. like, what was
2: it called? Uh, Rocket jetpack and
1: um, the Jack Black one. Oh, yeah, it was called. Uh, I'm forgetting the name, uh, but yeah, there was. Th- we have a, a a cartoon with Sam Jackson starring in it that has <laughs> never that never made it to air that he he voiced, and and then we have the Curb Your Enthusiasm styled LMFAO pilot that they paid for themselves. They spent 150 thousand dollars wow. shooting a pilot in Australia. Or New Zealand, that is all like ba ba da ba da ba da ba da ba but it's them going like, like, what the fuck are we gonna do? This is the worst day of our lives. Should is it we good? Hide? It's fucking hilarious and horrible at the same time. <laughs> Perfect. But it's really sure. male. It's very um very uh, chauvinistic. It's very like not mm-hmm. like they hire. They try to hire a fat mermaid <laughs> and,
2: and just put her in a tank. She's too fat for the. <laughs> fucking case that they put her into
1: I, I think it's really funny I mean it's good stuff, you know that was
2: that's what got me the most about Westworld and the question that like haunts me cause my imagination's too good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it like really gets to me which is I was like first of all Westworld is a park just for men Yeah, like they say they say like look at this woman with a rifle she gets gone down on by a robot and it's sort yeah. of like eh. first of all women they're not that's not really I mean like that's not a vibrator yeah. Like that, it's it's a it's a robot. You know, what if it's not good at going down on her? It's yeah. a very personal thing for a woman. It's not like just a blowjob where it's like, wow, I'm glad I'm getting this. And then, like, secondly, like, like, do women? Is there a big female audience for shooting people in the head? And like, <laughs> and and in in this world, but then you go a step further, and this really got me. So there's two. So we see a family in Westworld, a human family yeah. with a little boy. Yeah. You bring your fucking kid to to Westworld? Yeah, you're crazy. To rape land? (laughs) To rape murder? We see someone's face get blown off in the safe area in the town. Yeah. Right. A kid could fucking see that. And then you go one step further, and you know that there are kid (laughs) robots that you can murder. Yeah. Right. What else can you do to the kid robots? Oh Oh,
3: shit. And it's
2: and I was just like watching it and I was like. Okay, so this is occurring
3: to me. You should just lock up anybody that's ever been to Westworld. Lock yes. them all up. Yeah, yes. they're all bad people who should it's, not be in society. It's
2: definitely Nightmareland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't let you f- murder children in Grand Theft Auto, <laughs> you know. And it's like it's presented as a it's as presented as a big popular thing in the world.
3: Yeah, lots right. of
2: people on the trains going
3: in and out, especially in the finale. Yeah. Also, by the way – How could you have that many people in there at once? It seems like it would be chaos. It
2: makes no sense. Yeah. What if you're just get? you getting off the train with your family and a guy turns and shoots a girl in the head and then starts having sex with her dead body on the yeah. ground in front yeah. of the train.
3: They can do it. They can yeah. do that. Because there's yeah. no
2: rules. Yeah. You're not stopped from doing anything. And, I, and there's no, apparently no surveillance. Yeah. And like I was watching it and I was, I was like – I was like, how is this happening? <laughs> and then it's like and and those are the questions in Westworld, but those are also the questions that you can't ask during the purge.
3: Yeah. It's yeah. like
2: is like a mom, you know, like the purge is dark, but it's not really dark. Yeah. It's not a little boy all year hates that he has a new baby sister and doesn't understand empathy enough not to throw her out the window during the purge. Yeah. It's not that dark. It's not yeah. that dark. They don't go for the throat. So, it's more cartoony. Yeah, well it's the pro whenever you have a big premise like that, right. uh sick motherfuckers are gonna go, uh, excuse me, but what if? Right. But what if <laughs> yeah, but what if well that's like the the killing the Joker thing.
3: Right. It's mm-hmm. it's the
2: same thing is why is the Joker not fucking dead? How is a cop not shot him? He's around and antagonizing superpowered characters. Why is he not dead? Yeah, you want to know why that question doesn't come up? Because the stories the Joker in distract you with a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and you go, you know what? I believe he's alive because I want him to be alive because I'm enjoying this story.
1: Yeah, Yeah. well, that's a
2: that's a perfect
1: transition for us to talk about you uh, writing the critically acclaimed New York Times bestseller. (laughs) Superman, American Alien, my favorite thing I've ever done in my life. That is wow. fucking incredible. Can you tell what? How did this happen? How did this go down? When I was little, <laughs> I mean, like, how far do you yeah. want me to go? I mean, like, is that how far it for goes? Real? Yeah. Like, are you are you a like? Re, did you read it when you were? Did you read a lot of superhero comics when you were a kid? Do you have a yeah, lot of toys I, when I,
2: you were a kid? Oh, not a lot of toys because i break them all. But I I did read a lot of comics, and I had a Superman toy where you'd squeeze his legs together and his arms would swing.
1: Yeah, uh, that is a. Uh, Superpowers, superpowers. That is the superpowers, the DC superpowers collection.
2: It's incredible that you remember that. I have. I have. <laughs> one probably on my probably has Desk. Yeah. Right now right at home. That's so true. my thing was, uh, you know, when I was a child, I thought as a child, and I thought Batman was extremely cool. But then the more I got into Batman, the more I got into like, I don't get it. I, as I like hit age ten, I was like. So you're a billionaire with unlimited resources, and you don't just contribute a lot of money to the police force and turn them all into yeah. Batman? <laughs> yeah. And then, like, all the psychological stuff sort of started, but I was 10, and I was yeah. like, this is stupid. <laughs> I, like, I don't want to hear about this guy. And, of course, I came back around on Batman, and I love him. But Superman, something about, from when I was really little on, this image of this guy, the image of Clark Kent— Stuck in my head. And of course, I'd later become so into fucking Spider-Man because it's the perfect superhero. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Clark Kent was my first exposure to, there's a guy at an office who has a crush on someone who's more talented than him and better at their job than he is, has like normal friends, he has an apartment, and he's Superman. (laughs) (laughs) And that idea, more so than any one Superman story, although there are a million good Superman – well, not a million, but there are a few good Superman stories – that idea sang to me, and I became obsessed with it. And it's one of the things that made me want to be a writer. I mean, like I would already was on the path of being a writer when I was that age, but I was like, oh, man – you know what would be a cool story? Is if you just saw a normal day at the office where nothing bad happened and you just got to see what he's like. Because he's fucking Superman. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I had this image that was going to be a cover on American Alien, and it never was, of him, of being in an apartment in your bedroom in your Superman costume <laughs> that you wear when you're Superman. <laughs> And like not having pants on just having the, or just like, okay, I'm in my Superman costume now in my apartment. And there's like, my cat is here, but I'm also Superman. <laughs> you know, Batman doesn't, there's no, there's no comparative image of that from yeah. Batman. Yeah, no. And it's like, I, I have a medium income job in the media. Also <laughs> I saved the world. Yeah. But when I get home from saving the world, Oh my God, it's 11 p.m. Everything's closed. (laughs) How am I going to order pizza? I need food. Maybe I can call my friend. Hey, Jimmy, do you have anything in your fridge? Why? I've been out all night, a crazy night. Do you have food? Yeah, Clark, I have food. Do you want me to take it there? No, I'll be there in like five minutes. Yeah. I get to your house in five minutes. Jimmy, you know, Clark, you're in Uptown. You can't get to my house in five minutes. Yeah, no, 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 i get to your that. house in five minutes. I'm a, he's standing on his bed in his underwear. Yeah. I'm on the street right now. I'm walking. You know, I'm, I, I'm on St. Street in Uptown Metropolis. I can be at your place. I'm almost there right now. Jim be like, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting on pants. There's a girl here. What, really? Is there a girl there? No, no, she's asleep, man. She went to the thing. What thing? Was there a thing tonight? Yeah, Clark. There's a friggin' Gala Mixer. Friggin' Oliver Queen through that big thing. Oh, man, was I invited to that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but Oliver Queen wasn't there. Yeah, yeah I know he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's good. Yeah. So it's like it, it's like something about that. Even when I was a little wow. kid, I was like, oh, normal guy superhero? Who's a superhero? Who's the toughest superhero and is doing it because it's nice? Right. No yeah. one died. Yeah. I yeah. was like... Wow. What does that look like? And so, you know, there's Superman Birthright or uh, all these different, or I think it's called, I've always got the title wrong, but there, there's all these different really good Superman comics. Um, but almost all of them focus entirely on the Superman part of him or if yeah. they focus on the Clark Kent part of him. Mm-hmm. It's, and this is why and how he became Superman becomes Superman in issue five of seven in American alien. And it's not even the thing we see happen. We get sort of his inspirations there, but really it's not about, I've said this a million times. It's not about how Clark Kent became Superman. It's about how Clark Kent became Clark Kent, my Mm -hmm. version of that guy. Who's a character that if I, if my TV went away, if my movie career went away, if everything fell apart, I could write that character for 10 years in a comic and be happy. Wow. Because I just, I have so, I could write that guy because he's so, he's nice and funny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's smart, but like not super smart. He's smart enough that he can out talk most people, but when he encounters really smart people, they're smarter than him, which means a villain like Lex Luthor is extremely dangerous to my (laughs) Superman. Yeah. And I, and I just like, I got excited to do a a, a lower power, lo fi look into that character that wasn't about, it's just about, I mean, probably my favorite issue is issue six, which is kind of controversial, because it's a guy hanging out with his two childhood friends, and things have gotten weird between them because the guy's gotten famous. (laughs) Oh my god. He's dating a famous reporter who's on TV, and he's on TV. Can you imagine how horrible it would be to be sitting at home in Kansas in a bar and see Doomsday arrive on TV and be like, holy shit, that's a giant monster. And then your best friend... Appears on TV Can yeah. you imagine Who's your best friend You guys have a best friend Picture Yeah, yeah. Picture that guy <laughs> On TV Standing in front of a monster And you're like It's okay It can't hurt him Nothing can And then it hits him And he's bleeding Imagine How scared you would be
3: Oh yeah Yeah
2: You would be So impotent P- being P- Pete Ross is one of my Favorite characters Because it's so Such a horrible spot To be in mm-hmm. To be a superhero's Close Normal
3: friend Yeah fu- Yeah that's rough Oh, man. Wow. Phenomenal, man. That sounds s- s- vaguely along the same lines of uh, a show. Probably my favorite superhero, if I think about it, is the greatest American hero. Oh, yeah. He loses because the manual. It's yeah. just a guy, like, he gets his thing, and he's supposed to have all these powers, and he doesn't know how to do anything with them, and it's— Really, more about him and his life and trying to avoid being a superhero as much as possible. Yes. But then he continually gets stuck into doing it. That show, I watch it all the time because it's on the same channel where they show Star Trek all the time and it's on Saturday mornings and I watch <laughs> you it. Watch weekend. Some,
2: you watch some TV, boy. Do you uh, know what this guy, you know. He how got. about
3: instead of rewatching Great American Hero, you watch my show? I will watch, watch
1: the show. Holistic detective. It's on my DVR. <laughs> I'm
3: waiting for it to build up to binge the whole thing. I, believe, I will watch it all on a weekend. I yeah, will tweet you believe, about it when I, I watch it. You.
1: Swish.
2: Well, thank you, guys. So
1: thank it is a thing. I will watch it. It's So amazing, getting to sit down with you. And honestly, uh, Max, uh, you know, uh, your your work is really fucking incredible. It's really amazing. Can Every, we just one last thing. Everything before that. You yeah, sure, sure, sure. All right, fine. Yeah. But what I what I wanted to just say is real quick is that I feel like we haven't even gotten to see like like the, like we haven't even gotten to see what's next. Like we're, mm-hmm. we're all like, I'm wait. Every time I see that you've gotten a deal or that you're doing another show or you're writing something or working on something, I'm like, Oh fuck. Yeah, dude, I can't wait. You to create see cool things. stuff. You man. really do create cool stuff. Yeah, you yeah. really do. man. It's
2: funny. I'm on this it's very, funny. I'm on this very line drive to get more and more control of my stuff because it seems like when I have a lot of control, yeah, people like it. Sure. The less control I have, the less people like it. Yeah. And I don't think that's because I'm like this great talent or anything, but I think it's because my stuff is very tonally specific. Mm-hmm. And once you start going away from that tone that you read in the scripts, it starts being like, it doesn't is, fit. It doesn't fit. There's yeah. an oddness. Yeah, I um, get that. I get that deeper, higher and further. I'm praying, you know, I can never, the sounds cool. I can never, Obviously. I can never, you know, I can never guarantee the quality of anything I do mm-hmm. that I'm not in charge of, but deeper, higher and further, uh, are the best things I've written wow. in in my own estimation, other than the Mickey comic, the viral Mickey comic, Boys Night, which I really am <laughs> proud
3: of. Now, uh, one thing I want to ask you. Uh, I don't know how old you were at the time, but your father directed a legendary music video as well for Michael Jackson. Did Thriller? you ever meet I was Jackson? not
2: born. Okay. You weren't yeah, born yet? Yeah. Yes, oh, I did it. meet Michael Jackson.
3: What was he like? Like, Did you have any interaction with him? Because later on, I like, mean, your father was involved I, with the history. I don't want to do out, right? that on a
2: podcast. Okay.
3: Nothing dark. No, okay. nothing no, no, dark. No, you know, no, no. I met
2: him during black and white and stuff. And mm-hmm. I sort of oh, knew wow. him from there. Uh, yeah, it, you know. It, let's not talk about all the famous people I met when I was little. <laughs> my dad. I mean, you know. You know what? The, you know what? A really funny. Actually, you want to hear a different Please, story? Yes, anything. So my dad directed oh. a movie called Oscar. That's mm-hmm. pretty funny. It's kind of weird, and it it starred Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. And so my friends were very close with Sylvester Stallone. Is that the
3: one that also had uh, what's her face from the Golden Girls? I don't know. Okay,
2: but so but, oh yeah, what's her face? <laughs> the, it's one heavy. of the yeah. one of the six. So. But so one of one of my favorite one of my favorite stories from my youth. My parents would kill me for telling this story, but one of my favorite <laughs> stories from my youth that is like a Hollywood story, mm-hmm. but it's also a story I feel comfortable telling is I had real behavioral issues, like real bad, like and uh my parents were having this big dinner party, and all these people were coming over for dinner, and they were like Max. Please just stay in your room tonight. <laughs> what? And, and I was like, okay, sure. I don't care. I don't want to meet your fucking friends. You know, I was like this very <laughs> malicious seven, eight-year-old. And I was like in that age range. Oh and I was like, okay, fine, fine. So I was sitting upstairs. I was like eight. I was like, you know what? I don't give a fuck. And so my parents weren't watching me because I was in my bedroom. So I went and took a shower in my dad's shower. Which has this incredible rainforest shower, mm-hmm. and I was this like scrappy, messy little weird kid, and but like I washed myself with uh, you know my mom had all these different types of body lotions and, and stuff, and I was like eh, spa day for Tiny Max. I actually really weirdly remember this incredibly well. Oh my god, I love it. And I was like, oh, I'm having little spa day, and uh, and and uh, I was like, I'm very relaxed, and uh, so I took I had aromatic like stuff in the shower and I was like this is great. So I got out of the shower, I'm in my parents' bathroom. And I'm like, hmm. Oh, well, my hair's a mess. And so I I put hair like I don't remember if it was gel or mousse or something, but then I like put it off to the side, mm-hmm. so I look like a tiny gentleman. <laughs> and I've never combed my hair yeah. in my life. The first time. Yeah. The first time. And I was looking at myself, and I was like, ah, oh, my skin looks great. And I uh, I put on a bathrobe, <laughs> one of my parents' bathrobes <laughs> that was way too big on me. Oh my god. And then lifted up the side and tied it, so it mm-hmm. looked like a kimono. And uh, there's no picture of me in this outfit, but the, it was a weird thing for a child to be wearing. <laughs> yes. And I, I had the perfect, like, little Hitler <laughs> youth hair. Oh my god. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like oh, I think I'd like a glass of milk. And so I, I, walk, I walk downstairs in this totally relaxed state, and I come into the I come through the room with everybody. Uh, all the people are there. There was a bunch of famous people there. I think Michelle Pfeiffer was there. It was like mm-hmm. it was crazy. It was like you know the eighties Landises, yeah, it was Sure, the the luxurious Landises back then. And uh, I walk through. And Sylvester Stallone and my parents both go like this as I walk through. <laughs> was like, they are watching, watching the video of the ring. And yeah. I, like, I, I looked bizarre. I was wearing a bathrobe. That was I looked like a weirdo. My hair was and, and Sylvester Stallone was like, "Hey, this is Max." And I was like, oh, "Hello, Sylvester." And I went out and I proceeded to be down there for. 40 minutes mm-hmm. telling stories, being like the, the adorable child of charming Denver. everyone. Everyone loved them. And the whole time I kept looking over at my parents who were just like waiting. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and, then, and then I was like, well, good night. I, went, I got a glass of milk and I went upstairs and as I went upstairs, uh, I heard <laughs> Sylvester go, Oh, really sweet kid and i hear my <laughs> my my dad go yeah i guess he is <laughs> <laughs> I <never even> <laughs> uh, oh
1: my god that's amazing oh that's awesome that's, all right, well, tell people where they can find you on the internet if they're looking if they uh, look, want to look for you
2: if you if you want obnoxious uh opinions and a lot of critical analysis of story within uh pop culture and also uh I I put people onto a lot of independent stuff they might not know. Uh, and also I never shut the fuck up and it's a direct window into my brain. (laughs) You can follow me, uh, at up to my knees on Twitter at up to my knees, 1985 on Instagram, which I almost never update. Um, and up to my knees on YouTube and please buy green Valley, a comic book, uh, coming out monthly in stores. Now it's a limited series. I think it's really good. Absolutely. There, There are two issues so far. And, uh, you know, just watch Dirt Gently when it comes back and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. catch Bright on Netflix whenever that is. Um, I, I just uh, – this was really fun. Thanks, man. Thanks awesome.
1: for, thanks yeah. for, thanks for uh, coming out. Thanks making, making this happen. Uh,
2: Matt, where can people find you, buddy?
3: Uh, you can find all my stuff at funnymatt.com, or if you're annoyed by me, please let me know at mattwalkersucks.com. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: People do. What about you, Blaze? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. um, I
3: got a really cool
0: article in High Times this month, a nice big picture of me that I'm very proud of, so you can read that so in quiet. High Times magazine. Yeah, I like to listen and then snipe things in.
3: Okay. <laughs> that explains what you're wearing now.
0: That's my MO. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, really so
2: does, what oh, he's wearing, man. you'd never notice him. <laughs> he's camouflage.
0: <laughs> yeah, just a bright. Uh, li- my shirt looks like you're on shrooms. Yeah.
2: So, it's uh, like rave <laughs> camouflage. Yeah, it's like
0: I am rave fra- camouflage.
2: Fractals of pastel colors. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But. D, not mathematically sound fractured. It's like a kaleidoscope very, very on a true. shirt. Yes. Yeah. It's a co- Yeah, no,
0: that's, that's it. There it is. Um, so if you like Molly, buy my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, check out High Times. Check out TBS Digital in 2017. I'm on a pretty cool show on there called Nature Talks Back. And follow me at Glazer Boo Hoo Hoo on Twitter if you like weird one-liners. Yeah.
1: And they are. got great They're ones. Fucking hilarious. Great uh, ones. Mike uh, Glazer here is one of the writers on our live show that we do here at the Hollywood Improv. Don't forget to, uh, I'm at Steven Glickman, Stephen Glickman, S T P H E N Glickman on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And then, of course, guys, subscribe to the show and check it out. Uh, Max, you're fucking incredible. Thanks for spending awesome. time Thank with us. Thank you so man. much.
2: That was so fun. I'm going to go see the All American yeah. Rejects play. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> All right.
1: Thanks and have a good night. Goodbye. Oh,